0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Friday night. Time for another edition of the Minnesota beer cast. I am Drew sitting in there looking fetching as always is my co-host Schmitty. Oh I thank you. How are you doing? <laughs> Not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing great man. Always great when we got a beer cast and got two of my favorite people, two of my favorite guests in studio with us this uh, this week. Yes,
1: sir. We've got uh, Mark Opdahl from Chopped Liver Beer Fest. How you doing, Mark? Good,
2: good. What's up, boys?
1: And we've got Dan Parker, friend of the show. Dan Parker, how you doing, sir?
3: I'm doing fantastic.
2: tonight.
1: so it's been a while since we've had both you boys in.
0: Welcome back. Thank
2: you. Always fun to be here. Yeah. So uh,
0: let's we'll start, we'll start with Dan. Start with Dan. Dan, it's a good place you, to start. Uh, <laughs> been a while since we've had you on. You are a uh, notorious uh beer representative and uh and you got some new brands that you're that you're repping why don't you tell us about what you got going on
3: yeah absolutely um yeah it, it has been a little while I, I inexplicably um Absence. last time we,
0: only makes the heart grow last time you were on i believe we were at uh, rival house
3: Oh, wow. Um, well, that's that, that's that's just too bad. We're going to have to remedy that, so <laughs> starting today. Um, but yeah, a few things have changed. I'm uh, I'm now in the fold with uh, the Brooklyn Brewery, um, and as part of our sales platform partnership, I'm also repping Funkworks out of Fort Collins, Colorado, and 21st Amendment out of San Francisco. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so i got three uh, world-class, pretty awesome breweries, and uh, life is good.
1: How does yeah. that work, being uh, a representative for three different breweries like that?
3: It's 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 a challenge that we're working through. It's no a balancing act. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it is, and it's it's absolutely wonderful. We we have a lot of fun. We um, like I said, I've got three great breweries that have um, very very different products, very different histories. Um, but you know, it, we we do have the challenges. When I walk in and, and talk to somebody at the retail level, I say, Hey, my name's Dan. I'm with Brooklyn Brewery, Twenty First Amendment Funkworks. And by the time I'm done saying all of that, um, <laughs> you know, it's it's like, Hey, let's let's see some business. So. Um, no, it's just, it's been really a, a great experience for me. Um, you know, I've been doing this this thing in this industry for for some time now, and I, I just could be happier. So when you say
1: we, you talk about, you know, repping these brands. Are you working for the distributor? Is it you independently representing these brands? Or what kind of relationship do you have um, with, with these brands and with the marketplace as a whole?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I am an employee of Brooklyn Brewery, but I, we um, have this partnership that started basically earlier this year. The agreement came together last year. Um, for these three companies to work together on sales platform, um, some logistical things, um, still three, uh, independent companies, but really our way of kind of standing up to the current rate of, uh, breweries being absorbed and taken over by the, the big guys and, and, you know, using our representation, uh, in a more, uh, in a better way that we can, you know, Take one person and and use our resources across these three different breweries,
1: yeah, and we're seeing that more and more kind of across the 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 craft beer world, where folks either i guess through a handshake agreement um, or through the legal process, the kind of the sharing of of resources, be it production or be it sales or distribution agreements where you've got the the smaller folks kind of seeing that, hey, we better work together or we're going to be. Competing, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's um, you know the, the landscape. We can say it over and over again. Is, is constantly changing, and we as as craft beer companies need to to look at our business models and decide how to move forward into the future. And for some, it's it's. Maybe bringing back uh, to to the tap room kind of model um, for us. Uh, that's not exactly an option, being that uh, we are some of the, the larger breweries in the country. Um, and so for us, it was better to to get three um, fiercely independent companies together on the same platform. Um, and it also gives us some logistic advantages as well. Uh, you know, being that we have a brewery on the east coast, a brewery on the west coast, and one dead center.
1: No, I think that makes a lot of sense. You've got uh, you've got that agreement. Are they? Is it just strictly kind of this, this sales resource sharing, or are they also sharing kind of those production resources as well? Yeah,
3: um, we're definitely delving into that for sure. Um, you know, Funkworks being the the smallest of three, we are still doing all production at Funkworks, um, and so that's all coming out of Fort Collins. Um, but we have been able to move some um, brewing of Twenty First Amendment out to New York, and then some brewing uh, actually just. Starting now, I believe we're going to be um, working some Brooklyn Brewery beers out of our uh, production facility in San Leandro, California. So, um, like I said, logistically helps us out a lot being able to um, to have those breweries on each coast.
0: Does it uh, does it make it harder or easier, or is it just a different experience actually going in and trying to rep? You know, having having a a, a, a portfolio of three distinct brands. Uh, to, to offer up the stores. Does it make it a little easier in that, you know, you have more options to offer or is it something where, you know that you you find a you find yourself almost competing against yourself
3: no no and and this is one th- great thing about our partnership is, is that um, all three of these brands are very Uh we kind of talk about Brooklyn being our like malt forward um, brewery that's been around for 30 years uh, kind of one of the OG's of the craft beer mm-hmm. scene um, you've got 21a which is very much our our um hot forward you know our our best sellers are our brewery die um west coast IPA or brewery die blood orange IPA um i actually brought in uh, we're tasting a little bit of our our brand new seasonal tasty IPA right now
1: yeah well let's let's pause and and talk about this beer since we've got some yeah. uh, in our glasses um we'll take a little little sidebar but uh walk us through this beer
3: yeah so uh we've we've in this partnership, we've gone beyond just the the sales platform and, and some of the production stuff that we talked about. We're really cleaning up the way that we look at our beer releases, our beer calendars, and this is one example of that. We've taken our seasonal calendar. One of our our best rate of sale beer out of 21st Amendment is our Heller High Watermelon. Uh, it's a watermelon wheat beer that we sell during the summer we 've moved that to a full six month seasonal, and then we 're going to use the other six months with tasty so tasty IPA is a was a, originally a collaboration with uh, mike tasty mcdowell who 's a home brewer and uh, homebrew podcast uh, f- of fame i guess uh, don't plug west Coa. Okay. i, I don 't know his show <laughs> <laughs> I've, um, he but he's uh, we we came together and brewed this beer as a collaboration uh, previously, and it was so popular that we Change up the graphics a little bit. Um, the, the graphics on the can here show uh, a shirtless Ben Franklin lying in a bed of hops, a la American Beauty style. Um, the old can used to have Mike Tasty McDole laying in the same bed of hops, but with no pants on. And so we uh, definitely kind of went a little bit more with our Americana theme on, on this package.
1: Made a little more PG. And put some pants on them. Americana. Yeah. <laughs> always, a, always a good
3: move. <laughs> Apparently Benjamin Franklin was actually a nudist really um yeah he was known for taking what he called air baths
1: i heard he was quite the ladies man
3: as Uh well i mean look at the guy yeah
1: stone cold (laughs) pimp absolutely (laughs) so let's let's go back to what you were talking about with uh kind of the the arrangements Mm -hmm. with uh, and the identities of of some of these uh different breweries that you represent yeah
3: and so Funkworks to kind of wrap it up is you know this is our belgian and sour brewery this is our our yeast driven brewery um and so everything we do is is more traditional uh, belgian styles or or uh, sours, and so we've got a really great barrel aged sour program, and we do a lot of great kettle sours. Um, so to answer answer you about you know is it easier or harder? You know, there's there's some complications. Like I joke about you know having to go into a place and say here's all these these breweries I represent, but honestly, it does make my job a whole lot easier because there are certain places where certain brands fit better than others. Um, we I have a lot of uh resources at my disposal as far as you know different um different products and and different kind of niches that we can fit into so um you know it it does make it, it it's really it's really beneficial to me right now for sure to have these three breweries all together
1: yeah you've kind of got that big wheel of flavor when when you look at the the breweries that you're representing if if this doesn't fit well let's let's look at this what do we have over here that that might work you know you've got a big a big book you can open up and you've got a lot of a lot of uh, options on each page of that book
3: absolutely um and you know it's it's it, it, there's going to be a different product for different uh retailer in different areas for sure
0: what's your favorite beer out of the ones you represent, I mean, what are you... Ooh, that's dirty. You mean, <laughs> I know, right? You mean my
3: favorite one from each brewery? <laughs> sure, it? sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, make, I'll make it easier. Don't, on don't, you.
1: don't know. Come on. No, <laughs> no. no I, I'll answer. I'll answer <laughs> it straight
3: just up. Just... I mean, it's 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 pretty easy for me. Um, I think Brooklyn Brown is one of my all time favorite beers. Yeah, um, it's, I, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I also think our our lager is is world class. I mean, we just worth that that beer's been around for thirty years, and we just won two gold medals with it this year, which I think is pretty well unheard of. But um they're know, two of they're two of the best food beers in the world. Well, and and that was, that's, that was that's gonna, gonna exactly,
1: be my next yeah. question. You know, Dan Dan's a, a bit of a foodie. Um Have you eaten before Chef Dan he Parker? Is? What what's your uh <laughs> what's your favorite food pairing with uh that, that brown
3: well see that's what that's what I love about brown is that it's so diverse. Um it mm-hmm. can be literally anything that you roast anything you grill um it's very meat friendly it's great with all kinds of different like rich sauces but it also goes into Mm -hmm. desserts super super well Mm -hmm. um so it's just it it pairs so well with everything from like a roast chicken to like a chocolate cake i mean it's it's ridiculous what is your favorite one my favorite. That's I, what I'm asking. Yeah, well, I just I drink it with everything. Yeah,
1: well, clearly because it's your favorite. <laughs> but but if I'm going to put you in a corner, make you choose one. What what's going to be your your go to? If you're getting, grabbing your favorite beer, your, your yeah. Brooklyn Brown. You're
0: hosting a beer dinner <laughs> centered around Brooklyn Brown. What's the uh, what's the main course?
3: yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i always go to that that roasted meat. and actually i prefer like roasted poultry so like i think either duck or like a really really crispy roasted chicken would be just about perfect with that beer nice there's a lot of like super nice melanoid like kind of flavors going on in that thing and it just pulls out the the great kind of caramelized notes that you get from that
1: i'd have your duck i'd go i'd go with the duck and the and the brown chicken is boring
3: no, no, no not. not if it's done right. Yeah, well, that's okay. <laughs> hey, the, the anti-chicken guy pipes up. Yep, yep. <laughs> all
0: right, we'll fight about that, plus a whole lot more. We're going to talk about uh, Mark's got some upcoming uh, beer festivals that we're going to tell you about. Plus, we got a ton of news to get to on this week's edition of the Minnesota Beer Cast, presented by our friends over at Freehouse
4: Beer. We'll be right back. Stephanie Schimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. You know, we may be all about the blue, but we sure love the purple. Skull. <laughs> game days downtown are awesome, especially at Mercury. Stop by and check out our game day pregame specials. Food specials, free house taps, and more. Come pregame the purple at Mercury Dining Room and Rail every Sunday before home games. Only blocks away from the stadium at 5th and Marquette in downtown Minneapolis or online at MercuryMPLS.com.
3: Take the baseline out. Uh huh.
0: Welcome back to the Minnesota BeerCast presented by Freehouse Beer. We've got a, uh, a little announcement before we get back into the show. Next week, we will be recording the Minnesota BeerCast at Freehouse. Uh, it's having a beer dinner. Very much looking forward to that. Yes, sir. 6 to 9 p.m. at the Freehouse. We'll be there.
1: Uh, come, come meet us a little beforehand. We'll uh, do a little meet and greet. Hang out. Maybe, uh, I believe uh, I believe some tickets are still available. Tickets are still available. Go uh, check out the event on Facebook. Uh, I believe you can get tickets there. Uh, grab your spot six one two three three nine seven zero one one. Yeah,
0: it will sell out. Yep. So base is limited. And October if you've not been to a beer dinner, they are spectacular. And if you've not been to a beer dinner at the Freehouse, yeah, they are. Yeah, spectacular. I, I, uh, it's been a. I can't tell you, it's been a long time since I've been to a beer dinner. I haven't been to one in a long time, so I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yep, yep, absolutely. should I'm, be a lot of I'm, fun. I'm pumped. And we'll be doing our show there, so come on out, say hi, meet us, meet me. Uh, but, but, <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Schmini's just not very personable. That's a lie. He doesn't, li- he doesn't like meeting people. That's,
1: that's, that's a lie. <laughs>
0: but... <sighs> tell him how much you love Stevie Nicks.
3: <laughs> Steven X is pretty awful.
0: What? Thank oh, come you. come
3: on. Amen.
1: Amen. Come, you like Lionel Richie. You can't like Lionel, Lionel Richie and say Stevie Nicks is awful. But <laughs> no, Steve, Stevie one, Nicks one,
3: is like the, the Rod Stewart of musicians is, who, should who should not have ever had a career.
1: One is talented and one is a total hack that sounds like a goat. You know what? Lionel oh. Richie. You know, guys, Stevie Nicks is isn't a terrible thing to say about to. Lionel Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel Richie's shoes. She shouldn't even be in the same room as Lionel Richie as far as I'm concerned.
0: You guys are awful and you have terrible taste. Let's get back to the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mark. You put on beer fests. I do. How's that going for you? It's great. Just getting <laughs> off a of summer break. I mean, I know it's October, but I just kept not working. <laughs> it's nice fall, a lot, of, a lot of golf time. And no, no, no. I've been actually really busy. We got a lot of things coming up with uh, 2019, and a lot of changes to our events. Yeah what's the
1: what's the next thing you're doing?
2: Well, next up is Mankato. It's January 12th. It's a fun town, Mankato. Oh, we have a fun time in January.
1: I uh, I know a lot of friends who went to school in Mankato.
2: Mm-hmm. They tell me.
1: The stuff that they can remember was fantastic.
2: <laughs> I have a lot of fun. We do, we do a lot of promos and ticket giveaways leading up to it, and I have a very good time in Mankato.
1: <laughs> what's what's your favorite thing to do when you're in Mankato?
2: I'd name it. I mean, it's just it's just a fun town to hang out in. There's no, there's no uh, nobody's trying to be there's anything no, that they're not.
1: No pretension. I mean, no,
2: no. Everybody's just awesome they're just bacon cheeseburger and fry baskets and a bunch of beer let's have a good time
1: yeah i like that
2: yeah it's a lot of fun and we've got so many great sponsors and and got mankato brewery down there which we're changing our uh down there with that event we change up our our uh, charitable benefactor Mm -hmm. for the silent auction every year so this year we're going with the jay-z foundation uh which is the jonathan ziert foundation that is a cancer awareness uh foundation and they're actually partnering up with Mankato Brewery for November as well. Mankato's making a beer for for Jonathan on his behalf and, and contributing uh, a percentage of each each beer purchased over the course of November. So it's going to be kind of a fun new partnership down there with them for that and just one more way to keep making the Mankato Craft Beer Expo even better every year.
1: Maybe we should have them on to uh, to talk about the beer. You should. We should uh, let's
2: It's going to be coming out in like a week or two.
1: We should uh, yeah, let's definitely make that happen because that's something we should we should talk about. Um, so do you know? Um, is it going to be distributed? As, if we're talking it's, about the beer.
2: Yeah, it's just going to be available in select locations and at the brewery in in uh, Mankato. There.
1: Okay. Cool. So when is the uh, when is the beer fest?
2: Like I said, it's January twelfth. Tickets go on sale November 9th. and uh, if you live in Mankato, there's going to be several opportunities to win some tickets and uh, win some fun swag along the way. So you know, look at our social media for Mankato Craft Beer Expo, and you can you can find out all those details.
0: Yeah, we'll uh, and we'll definitely have you back on when uh, when tickets get closer to being on sale so we can let people know. For sure. Yeah. That's you know, a, that's a fun event and uh, and your uh, your your festivals are uh, in, in that one the Rochester, St. Paul, they're all they're all a blast. All worth going to. I'm really looking forward to uh, to your next season. Yeah, you know, in the past
1: you've had us down to to do some shows from there and we've done some some educational segments. We've done some just some shows recorded from there. Are we are we welcome back again? Yeah, nice. we're definitely going to have you back. Okay. All right. It's uh, it's always been. Are we, are we allowed?
0: <laughs> yeah, after, after what Schmidty did last year, you're gonna.
2: <laughs> hey, remember it, we don't we
0: can't it, talk it, there about was, that. It was it was the
1: video. <laughs> there's no video evidence. I believe it's been erased, and and the statute of limitations has, has run out. No, so not quite. Not quite. The, I thought the I thought. No, I, th- I thought the fine was paid. I thought everything's good.
2: I know a guy. We'll get you. All right.
1: All right. Good. 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 All right. Very fun. Uh look for those uh look for those tickets to go on sale um in November. You Sorry, talked what?
0: about some some changes for the festivals this year. Anything you can announce? Anything you're yeah, ready to yeah. announce?
2: Absolutely. Uh so Rochester, um it's just it's it's a town that we've been they've just got different tastes than a town like Mankato, and so we've we've found ourselves looking to make some changes to the event. We're leaving the Mayo Civic Center, we're going to the Graham Arena at the fairgrounds. It's only about a mile south of uh Of where the Civic Center was, so it's not that far away. Plenty of parking. It's going to be great there. Uh, We're also moving it from that first week of May back to the last week of September. So it's going to be September 28th of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. And then we're also going to kind of have a specific focus to the event. Although there will still be all the uh, traditional flagship-style beers that you'll, you'll see at a beer fest, each brewery is going to bring one sour beer, and that sour beer will be what is judged for People's Choice Award. Interesting. So I think just tweak it a little bit, make it a little bit more specific or a little bit more focused, and and, you know, see how people like it.
1: Do you you think that that's uh, a trend where everyone's going to have to have uh, a sour beer? I mean, not just for your festival, obviously. No. I mean, for I mean, going forward, do you think that folks are going to have to have? I mean, that's that's kind of the. The, I think
2: it's a trend. I wouldn't yeah. say it's anything that's going to be uh, necessary for a brewery to go forward there. They're beers that take a little bit more love and, and care and nature and and I just it's not necessary for every brewery, brewery to do it, but some they they are really good at it and, and
3: I think there are, those breweries are going to continue to keep one or two in their portfolio. Yeah, and I would pipe in here and say I, I don't think it's necessary. I don't think everybody should do it, but it is no, one stick of the, to still, what you're good at. It is I mean off small base, but it is one of the fastest growing segments of craft beer. Um, I can tell you from Brooklyn when we released our our Bel Air sour year round, um, it has become one of our top sellers already.
1: Yeah, well, and, and I think that that was kind of my question. You know the 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 folks who want to bring that bring that extra beer in to create that that wider appeal to have that that beer for everybody. I, I think that as things get more competitive, um, you know, when we talk about that, it seems like. All the time, almost every week, how competitive the, the marketplace is, and, and brewers wanting to have that very diverse portfolio to be able to have a beer for every single person in your group that's going out and grabbing a beer or going to the tap room or, you know what I mean?
2: Well, I think you said it right there at the last part there, the tap room part. So for breweries that aren't like Dan's that he's representing who have made, they've already made that jump, they're in the production brewery level. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those breweries that are kind of on the, their teetering right now, I, I would say that th- most of them should just probably kind of go backwards and just do the taproom thing, focus on their thing. And I think then those breweries are going to have to make that decision based on whether their consumers, their neighborhood, whoever
3: their drink uh, you know, customers are, w- want one. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's kind of two models there. It's the do you just say, hey, this is who we are, and set you know put your flag down, or you, do you say we're going to try to be all things to all people and and be that neighborhood joint, and and that is more of a question for that brew pub model or the the uh, um, tap room model. But um, they, you know, not everybody's going to do that, and some breweries are just going to you know plant their flag and say we're the IPA brewery and just deal with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I I think that the nice thing is is that the most of these places are smaller because it's a challenge. Um, with that taproom model to grow beyond a certain size, right? So with that comes the, the flexibility to, to move with the market and with the demands. You, you're not, you know, plugged into that, that brewing schedule and those giant production demands and, and meeting, you know, those shipments on a regular basis. So, you know, I think, I think that that's probably one of the things that we'll see is that, you know, flexibility for those trends to, to really spike. And then as they fade away, they, you know, the next uh, the next thing will will hit whether it's sour or the the hazy IPA or whatever the next the next big thing is when
0: you uh, when you go into the liquor stores Dan uh, when, and is, is there a pretty steady and consistent demand to get some sours on the shelves or is there still some sort of learning curve with the people that are making those types of decisions.
3: I would say both of those are, are true. Um, we're, there is still the education factor, but, uh, more than ever, we are being asked, you know, when I introduced, I mean, funkworks where we got a ton of great sours. And, and when I introduced like Bel Air, um, I see buyers, they're, they're perking up to it and they're saying, wow, that's great. Cause people are asking about sours. Now it might actually be less than what, um, you know, when they, they make it seem, but, um, five years ago that demand wasn't there. Uh, sours were very much more of a niche product. So, um, it's growing, but I, I it's, I mean, even I, I think on premise, like bars and restaurants, that's maybe where it's growing a little bit more because um, people are more than willing to commit to, to one beer or mm-hmm. trying it versus, you know, let's take on this six pack day.
1: And you are, I think it's a great place for sours. I, I think that it lends itself to food very well. I think that that's, you know, one of the, the best experiences you can you can have is, is pairing a sour with, um, you know, a great companion, uh, you know, be it you know a, an appetizer or a main course or dessert
3: mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely and you know and and when we do like the the liquor store tastings often you'll get a couple of people walking up and one of them's wanting to try all the beers the other one's like i'm not a beer person well that that <laughs> sour that i've got in that bucket that's usually how i win them over
1: <laughs> i'm not i'm not a tequila person either but if you give me a really good one <laughs> i think you know what odds are I'm, i might like it it's yeah, well, a good crossover but if you're beer. a
2: wine drinker right you know if you're if you're a person who drinks a lot of wine and doesn't think that you drink beer I think you're actually the prime
3: candidate to be to be a sour beer drinker yeah cuz uh, the the comment you get all the time is i was not expecting that yeah. Wow, that's yeah. not, not what I was expecting. Right?
1: Let, let's, uh, let's transition um, from the, the sour um, to kind of a, a more general discussion about funk works when we come back. Uh, I think that's a, a good transition after this break. Uh, you're listening to the Minnesota Beer Cast on AM 1130 and 103.5 FM presented by Freehouse Beer.
2: Twenty-four hours a day, every day of the year, we're here with the latest forecast at the top and bottom of every hour, and we're willing to
0: share it with you. Sounds pretty awesome. Twin Cities News Talk, AM eleven thirty. From the Cremation Society of Minnesota Weather Center, staying breezy this evening with gusts. Yeah.
2: Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow, but I'll be hood forever. Welcome back to the Minnesota Beer Cast.
0: Having a fantastic time with our good friends Mark and Dan, talking about beer festivals, talking about Brooklyn Brewing. Uh, Dan, I noticed uh, that Brooklyn is expanding into Colorado. Congratulations on that. They are the uh, 11th largest U.S. craft brewing company, according to the uh, Brewers Association.
3: Truth, truth, yeah. And 21st Amendment is the 26th largest. Yeah.
0: So how how big
1: do you have to be to be the 11th largest? What's that production like?
3: Just volume-wise, 300,000 barrels. That's, that's
1: pretty big.
0: It's
3: pretty big. We we do about half that volume overseas. We have a huge international presence. You
1: know what like Norway, Scandinavia, right? You guys are really big. We there. we
3: brew in a Japan. few countries. We we brew even in South Korea. Yeah, we uh, we have a huge international presence with with additional partners internationally.
1: I hear uh, China and India are the uh, the markets that people are really going after internationally. Is that is
0: that accurate? Well
3: what those two are like half the world's population. So 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 here
0: here. every industry, including the beer industry, is going after China and India for from what I understand.
3: Yeah, when the uh, that huge, you know, A B and Bev Miller Corps conglomeration happened, everybody was worried about it in the United States. Um, but realistically everybody knew here that they're gonna have to die fast because the play was made for China. Right. And for the Chinese market. It had nothing to do with it. we they don't care about this market as, as far as like on that, that scale.
1: Yeah. We're we're over here playing checkers, they're playing Chinese checkers. That's right. <laughs> See you know I did there? Uh, See that uh, did. Yeah, it right. right. was terrible.
0: Yeah. You're getting, <laughs> you're awful. Getting, you're getting Stevie Nicks bumper music next segment because of that.
1: <laughs> All but, right. So know. you poured us another beer over the break. Uh, it's a it's a Funk Works beer. Tell us about this beer, Dan, because it's great.
3: The one the one that you have in your glass right now. This is our Tropic King. Um, so this beer is an Imperial Saison. Um It's one of a couple of beers in our portfolio that are that are these super happy accidents. Um, so we have. Does that mean mistake? Uh, no, no. The mis- <laughs> <laughs> After the mistake was made, we fixed it, and it was a happy accident. Um, we are we have two founders. One of them is uh, naturally inclined as a brewer, the other one is not as much, and he was in the brew house making a, a hoppy version of our flagship Saison, and he added two extra bags of malt so that should not have been in there, and uh, out came Tropic King, and we released it in our tap room only in Fort Collins. And it became quickly our number one uh, tap room favorite beer. And so we put that in production, so now it's a year round beer for us.
1: Very nice. So describe this beer for us with your. Uh highly refined and educated
3: parents (laughs) uh yeah no i love this one um it's eight percent and i think it hides it uh dangerously well Mm -hmm. um it's got all of these amazing belgian yeast characteristics it comes off with this kind of like white pepper spiciness um i get all this like mango fruitiness from the yeast as well um it's got it's just it's just a gorgeous beer and this one's really great with food as well too um really like this can kind of stand up some of those stronger cheeses great with desserts and really really rich dishes
1: have, a, have some great chicken with this, maybe?
3: Yeah, yeah, chicken, You're chicken for chicken. everybody. Mark, Mark and I are going to have a chicken din- dinner, and, and we're going to do eight courses of nothing but chicken pairings. I'll be starving that night. <laughs> but I'll have a lot and of You'll good be drinking, beer.
2: Good. Yeah, but I'll have a
3: lot of good beer, so that's enough for me.
1: So tell us about the the history of, of Funkworks. How did they come to be? What was their inspiration, their vision, and how they get to where they are now?
3: Yeah, that's, that's a really uh, great story. Um, our... Uh, our, our, one of our co founders and our brewmaster, um, was a really, really well respected home brewer. And, uh, the one beer that really kind of did it for him that, that really got him on the map was Cezanne. And so he, yeah, he, they worked together, our two founders, to, um, to, to build a brewery. They want, they knew they wanted to do things differently. And so they went the Belgian route. Um, we've not, you know, ever turned and put out a, a mass produced IPA or anything like that. We do stick true to our roots with, uh, Belgian and Sour. And um, yeah, we've only funker's only been around since uh, 2009. Essentially, um, in 2012, we won the best small brewer or small brewer of the year at the Great American Beer Festival. Um, we are perennial winners. I mean, not every year, maybe I guess, but we we've won numerous medals for our saison, for deceit, for raspberry provincial. Um, just always, uh, you know, ten years in, uh, really, really well respected, high quality beers.
1: What kind of volume uh, are they doing compared to? Uh, like the likes of Brooklyn we mentioned earlier.
3: Yeah. Um Brooklyn we talked about roughly three hundred thousand barrels. Uh looking about seventy five hundred ish okay. last year. Um so uh in the partnership it's by far our, our smallest one. Um but we do have some expansion plans coming down the, the line. Um again, sticky staying in Fort Collins, not moving those beers out of out of that facility, but uh the demand is there. Um Minnesota is the largest market outside of Colorado. And so we actually get stuff here in this market that doesn't ship outside of Colorado generally. Um, but we are are slowly growing. We just uh, opened up Northern California for Funkworks. We've been in Southern for a little while. But going whole state California is huge for a brewery of that size.
1: Yeah, I got to imagine. So wh- how big is their, I guess, distribution footprint if, just, just thinking if, if Minnesota is like the largest market they ship to outside of Colorado. I
3: believe we're in nine states right now. Okay. Yeah, so it's it's not huge. Um you know where we do have places like texas um but and california um but minnesota just has latched onto this brand and and uh, we do really really well with it here
1: what do you think is the key to winning those perennial awards like you mentioned year after year being a presence on the on the podium
3: Quality. I mean, hopefully that's that's it. I mean, th- these are that's why these awards mean something. Is that they are blind um, and and it's an educated panel that is making these decisions. And so, um, if year in and year out we're putting in really really high quality beers that are well balanced, well made. I I think that you know any brewery that does that it has a shot at least um, of of appearing on that podium. And I think the styles that we're in, you know, we're not competing in the hazy IPA category or the IPA larger IPA category um, with the amount of entries they have. Yeah,
1: there's not nine thousand entries. That probably helps for sure.
3: It doesn't hurt, but to, to stand out in these really traditional styles and these are these are not easy beers to make either. You know, you're not. I'm um, going to try to put out uh, a raspberry kettle sour and, and try to hide imperfections in that thing.
1: For sure. That No, that makes a lot of sense, too. Do you, has the, and you may not know the answer to this, but I'm just curious coming from that that quality perspective, is it the same brewer that's been there since the beginning, kind of overseeing the operations that that has that, that gift for process and QC um, that's winning those awards, or has it been kind of the, the setup that's that's lived on as a legacy with different brewers uh, that's come through uh, the pipeline.
3: No, we are still uh, rolling our, our same uh, head brewer. He's he's one of our founders, and so Gordon's not going anywhere. Um, and but it is a culture of quality through and through. And I think that that's one of those re- one of the reasons why the three companies on the sales platform really work well together is that's one common thread that we share across all three breweries. Um, is our continuous uh, commitment to quality and making you know really fun and interesting beers.
1: So uh, I think people are pretty familiar with, with Brooklyn. Maybe we'll come back and touch on them a little bit later. Uh, but let's talk a little about the, uh, the other brand that we uh, only briefly touched on with that uh, initial beer. Uh, let's talk about 21st Amendment. Let's do it. Tell us about 21st Amendment. If I've never had a 21st Amendment beer before, and I've had several uh, not today but but i'm just saying i've i've had many, i've had many the 21st well the, there's a, a very local tie the 21st amendment and i'll let dan yeah, give absolutely. us the uh the history
3: i can give you that um yeah so 21st amendment um we started in 2000 started as a small brew pub in downtown san francisco um and we had said, a lot
0: they've been around for a while because i remember before i was even like into craft beer uh, I was buying the Twenty First Amendment at uh, at liquor stores.
3: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And we actually came to Minnesota early, and I'll touch on that here. Um, so, starting as this little tiny group up in downtown San Francisco, um, we got to the point um, they built actually the giant stadium right next door to us, which was awesome because you know the area that we went into actually wasn't you know the greatest area economically. But also you put this baseball MLB stadium there, and and uh, wouldn't you know it, we had a few more people through the door. Um, and so it became clear to us that we needed to grow and begin packaging and sending this beer out into the market. Now, in order to do that, we kind of touched on this in an earlier segment about, uh, these tap rooms and, and how hard it is to grow. Um, there, there really isn't a clean way to just go and say, okay, I'm going to raise a whole bunch of money and go open, open this huge brewery. Um, and so what 21st Amendment did is looked for a partner to help brew their beers in the, in the interim t- in order to grow that volume and get that demand up there where we could build our own brewery. And then fill into that, and uh, that that brewery, their partner that we use, actually was Cold Spring, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Twenty First Amendment has been in this market for some time now because we had that twenty that, that Cold Spring um, connection already here. So let's let's pause
1: there with the uh, the Cold Spring connection. Yep. Let's take a, a little break and and come back and hear. Uh, what Paul Harvey would call the, the rest of the story, um, mm-hmm. on, uh, on the Minnesota Beer <laughs> Cast. Are <laughs> you listening to AM 1130 and 103.5 to the Minnesota Beer Cast presented by Freehouse
4: Beer? Stephanie Schimp from Blue Plate Restaurants is here. Hey, Rosie. I don't have to tell you this, but you know, you have one of the best happy hours downtown. Well, at Mercury Dining Room and Rail, you can come for weekday happy hour. Again, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And say for dinner or another glass of wine. Yeah, they have steaks and salmon, burgers and sandwiches. Mercury has it all. There's something for everyone at Mercury Dining Room and Rail at 5th and Marquette in downtown Minneapolis. Or online at mercurympls.com final segment of the
0: Minnesota Beer Catch presented by Freehouse Beer. Don't forget, we are going to be at the beer dinner happening next week. Check out Freehouse's Facebook page. For more information, snatch up your tickets now. Before they disappear, you're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll be doing a show from there, so you can come out and say hi. It's true. You could be sitting at our table. <laughs> That's, uh, well, yeah. 612-339-7011. Three,
1: three, one, one. Yeah, request our table. You can sit by Drew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we left off talking with Dan about uh, 21st Amendment. Um, I was, uh, I think I was still in Indianapolis. Back in I would say like two thousand six, two thousand seven, uh when uh, when I first encountered a twenty first amendment. I wanna I wanna say it was Indianapolis. And I was I was surprised, I didn't know what it was, I didn't recognize it, and uh fell in love, man. It's a fantastic brewery.
3: I appreciate that. Um yeah, so we we uh we grew up, you know, a uh, little kind of uh meek. A startup and uh and now we are like we mentioned before the 26 largest crapper in the country and not slowing down um our brew for your dive blood orange ipa is just taking the streets by storm we're up triple digits for the second year in a row on that thing i mean especially in this market we're just crushing we had a couple places out of the fair um and uh we did really well we actually displaced one of the the big macro brews at an account out there for for one of their top spots
1: that's gonna be a victory
3: it was my favorite Huge. beer of the year Wow! Thank you. That's that's yep. fantastic. You got I think a for from
2: Mark, yeah, I think okay. that people that drank fresh squeezed from Deschutes, this is this took it to another level. I love that. Beer. Seriously, I mean, fresh squeezed is amazing. Never take anything away from. Absolutely. I feel like blood oranges on a whole
3: other level. Thank it's you. It's that much.
0: good. It's great beer.
3: I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, what sets us apart is that we are using all real fruit, and that goes across the entire uh, platform. We we use all real fruit purees when we're adding. Extracts or artificial or natural flavorings or anything.
1: Well, if we're going to talk Twenty First Amendment in in fruit, we have to mention the uh, the hell or high watermelon. Yes, sir. (laughs) That's uh, that's kind of the I don't even like watermelon. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm not super big on wheat beer, but uh, if I was to to mention that beer, it's a really really good beer. Yeah, it's such a, a subtle flavor
0: in the way it's done in that beer. Yeah, a lot of watermelon uh, beers that I've had. The watermelon kind of thins things out. Mm. It thins it's, out the flavor. It's a watermelon. It's yeah. like how do you
3: do? Oh, it? It's got water right in the Yeah, name. yeah. It yeah. Well,
1: like and a like a gross Jolly Rancherish. Just extract. Yeah,
3: you guys are you guys are like basically saying everything that I say to the consumer. It's <laughs> it's it is such a. A vast difference between a product like ours, where we're using real whole watermelons versus, um, you know, it's not going to taste like that—that that watermelon pucker, the Jolly Rancher thing. It's it's real watermelon flavor, which isn't an intense flavor. Is not an intense flavor to begin with. Right. Um, but yeah, that is the beer that put us on the map. We call it watermelon wheat at our uh, brew pub. Uh, it was a beer that. uh... One of our founders wanted to brew, and the other one absolutely did not want to brew. But he surprised him, uh, uh, Sully, one day, and he walked into the brew pub, and there was cases of watermelon stacked uh, <laughs> floor to ceiling, and and uh, the rest became history. It really is what, what made us be able to expand to where we are now. And yeah, it's really cool. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at your uh, at your website, and they have a, for all the beers they do a pairs with, and it's uh, pairs with fresh shucked oysters. Oh man. Now, now that's something I need to go try. There, there's, right now. Yeah,
3: there's nothing better than sitting like, you know, at a Hog Island on San Francisco Bay and and drinking watermelon and eating oysters.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a uh a new fish place in St. Paul and I went to get some some fresh oysters not that long ago. Uh my kid is a pretty adventurous eater and I thought I would try the uh, the fresh shuck oysters. Uh, he's not that adventurous. Really,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I would have figured he would have loved them. Uh,
1: you know, I got, I baked the rest of them, and uh, and I got him to eat those. But the uh, he, yeah, he, he did not go it's, for the. You, know, uh,
2: you, know, you know, we, didn't like that minerality. yeah. Well, I
1: think it was there was. I'm not the best shucker in the world. And I think I got like some sand in there
0: and stuff, and he just he was crunchy, Dad. Yeah, was like, oh <laughs> he, he was like, "Yeah." Well, it's intimidating to look at. Like if you you know if you haven't had oysters before, if it's your first time, they don't
3: look good. Uh, he, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't care about
1: that. Like he'll eat roasted bone marrow and like sushi and like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I just don't think he's hungry enough. My
3: daughter's me. the same way, and she's sitting right here next to me actually, and she just said, <laughs> "Yeah, uh, super adventurous eater loves sushi, all that stuff, but still won't do the raw oysters." Yeah, she's tried it and just yeah. doesn't like it.
1: Kind of looks like a loogie in a shell. It's not that. Yeah. Can, can you understand?
3: imagine being the first guy to be like, hmm, go put that in my face right now? I think
1: I think the first guy to have cheese must have been the most adventurous eater in the world. <laughs> I'm going to leave this milk out for this, a long this time. This <laughs> This has gone really, really bad. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, do you have any uh, any events, anything going on you want to plug, Dan?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, the biggest one that I want to throw out there is a really cool event that we're doing with Brooklyn. Um, Bro- Brooklyn Brewery, we're all about culture and, and bringing the culture of Brooklyn um, out into the world. And so we're doing an event called Brooklyn Sound. Um, it's going to be November 15th uh, at the Turf Club. And what we're doing is we're having uh, a couple of local artists or uh, come in. Swamp Dog is going to be our headliner um and we are going to just have a good time drinking a lot of beer listening to a swamp dog set and we're actually recording it and and pressing limited edition vinyl really? um, from this event and then we're going to finish off the night with Harmar Superstar doing a DJ set
0: that's uh, cool. really cool yeah very so
3: neat. uh tickets are literally 10 bucks in advance 15 dollars at the door um like i said november 15th um get your tickets come down drink some loggers and uh and party out with harmar superstar and swamp dog that sounds pretty neat that's
1: a thursday night
3: that's it a, is a thursday night
1: i'm not uh i'm not too familiar with uh swamp dog um, but uh, I certainly will come down and listen to Harmar uh, Superstar.
3: Yeah, I would say go to turfclub.net and look up this show, and then they've got a whole thing about Swamp Dog. It's actually a really fascinating story. This is like a guy that's been around for a really long time and reinvented himself, and now is using all these like auto-tunes and synths, and it's it's really pretty neat music.
1: Yeah, he uh, started off as a, it looks like here in 1970s a Southern Soul Music Maverick and kind of uh, has made the wave with a Psychedelic in the 60s. Yeah, he
3: was on Richard Nixon's enemies list.
1: That's, that's, uh, that's kind of, that's, that's pretty sweet, I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, so
3: (laughs) come down and see the show.
1: (laughs) That's, that's no reasoning to go hang out with the guy right there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, we're actually going to be, you know, making some appearances and festivals coming up, including, uh, uh, one of my favorite festivals of the year, one of Mark's, uh, coming up in, uh.
1: Is that the Rare Beer Fest, Mark?
3: Yep, March 23rd. March 23rd. That, 23rd. Uh, oh, uh,
1: technically is wait.
2: the very first brewery right there announced. Uh, Brooklyn and Funkworks will be at Northern Lights Rare Beer Fest this year. Is he not supposed year. to say anything?
4: No, you, it's okay. It's, it? it's good, because actually brilliant.
2: next week people can start paying attention to our social media. I'm going to start paying attention to it myself, and, and every day we're going to announce a different brewery leading up to ticket sales, which are on Black Friday, like every year. So what is it, November 23rd this year? Uh, 10 a.m. Tickets will go on sale for Northern Lights. One little new addition for people. Uh, only, tickets only available online for this particular ticket style. Uh, we are adding a special ticket, a v, you could call it a VIP ticket. It's no early entrance, however, you get to cut the line. So these ticket holders will enter first, and then they all are all going to get... Three cut the line passes. I love ah, that.
1: I love that because I, I like hate that. waiting in line
2: for those three or four beers that are really, really important to the uh, to the beer geek out there. You know, the super beer nerd. Uh, it, I think this is a really well worth the fifty bucks. Jeez. You also get an event poster with it, so uh, kind of a no brainer for the guy that really wants to make sure he gets those four or five beers and not have anything to complain about on the internet.
1: See, for me, it's not even it's not even like the the beer I really want. I just don't like waiting in line for beer. I just just just. Get out of the way. Just get out of my way. I right. just want a beer. Just, just move.
2: Yeah, just exactly. move. I'm with you, and that's why we created it. Just, um,
1: just ask him what the beer is, what year it was made. Thanks. Great. Move. <laughs> why? Why are you like chatting? It. Why are you chatting up the guy and asking him where his kid goes to school? Just get the beer. Get out of my way. Move.
3: I like oh. it.
0: Yeah.
2: I'm, so yeah, I'm, this I'm year that ticket. This year's gonna be. This year's gonna be special. It's gonna be good. We've got uh,
0: history center again.
2: Yeah, history center again. Okay. Uh, the brewery list. I mean, I sent out the uh, the invite list. Everybody's come back already. That I have sent out the initial invites. Everybody's in. It's going to be great. And we've got some really big surprises to announce as we get. We'll announce them closer to the now, event. Now, we want those. Do you know
0: what? Uh, you know, I know you're not going to announce yet. But have anybody tipped you off on what they're planning on bringing? Or, or is know, that still?
2: I just only know a couple right now. Okay. Uh,
3: a lot of that will come in December and January. Is, is, this when we'll the, get those. is this
0: the year Garrett Oliver comes?
1: Can I, I, I don't, don't know, my Dan.
3: Uh, Dan, I will tell you right now. Garrett may or may not make an appearance, but he <laughs> will be sending. Well, I could have told him that. Yeah, that's, a... <laughs> that's kind of why son. I say it that way. Um, but he he is. We are pulling some special stuff out of his personal cellar to bring to the event.
1: I want I want Very Garrett cool. Oliver on the podcast.
3: Yeah, you know, he's he's friends of the Pints
2: for Prostates people, which is our charitable benefactor, so maybe we can pull some strings. Very cool. Yeah, he's my co-worker. All right, oh. we, are, uh,
0: we are about out of time for this week's edition of the Minnesota Beercast. Any last-minute things you guys want to plug before we... Uh before we wrap it up.
2: Merry Christmas. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> happy not New Halloween Year. yet. Oh, happy <laughs> Halloween. He's happy like Halloween. Target. He's like Target. It's not even Halloween. He's like Christmas. <laughs>
0: All, right. All right. We will be at the Freehouse next week for their beer dinner. Don't miss it. Grab your tickets and join us. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, I will throw in another plug for the Chili Cook-Off. If you want to take part in our Chili Cook-Off, up uh, you, you want to participate, hit us up. You can find all of our contact information at minnesotabeercast.com. Thank you to Freehouse Beer for sponsoring. We'll be back next week. Cheers. Champagne costs too much. But my mouth in gear.